0: We are exploding, the world is gonna know it, we we'll are like you're never gonna see us again. Come
1: on over, come on over. And good evening everyone. It is 6 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Wednesday afternoon, early evening, July 25th, 2012. Welcome once again to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is David Gomez. Tonight, my co-host, the normal, the usual, the one and only JB is away. He is on a pure gold assignment or quote-unquote vacation. So I'm going to be joined today by a couple of special guests. And of course, you, the pure gold audience, you can check us out. Make sure you call in 714-364-4721. You can check out our website, puregoldpg.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and all that other goodness. Folks, we have a great show tonight. We have a lot of great things in store for you. And first, let me introduce my co-host, one of my co-hosts for the evening, the one and only Miss Texas USA 2011, Anna Rodriguez. Anna, how in the world are you?
2: Hola, hola. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. (laughs)
1: Well it's a pleasure as always, Anna. Ours of course. Now, uh, Anna, of course this uh I know you, you we we talked up there and you mentioned you wanted to give a disclaimer, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a minute to do that.
2: Oh my gosh. Um yes, disclaimer. So this is the first time ever that I'm co hosting a radio show. Which I'm very grateful, thank you for having me co host. But just in case, you know, I might trip up a little bit <laughs> hopefully I don't, but I'll see um what tricks I can pull out of my hat <laughs> oh, Of
1: course, and folks, just so you know, in case things go bad Anna is squarely to blame But of course, Anna, thank you so much hey! for- <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining me this evening And it's going to be different because, you know, for the 116 episodes that this show has been on all, Closing in on two years Joe and I have done every show together And I think this is only the second time that I've ever done this show intro since day one so, you know, it's exciting, but, of course, Joe is, is sorely missed. And considering one of the main topics tonight is going to be something he's been talking about for months on end, uh, which, of course, will be the Dark Knight Rises, I'm sure wherever he is, he's enjoying himself, but he's probably kicking himself because uh, he should be on the air with pure gold. He should be co-hosting. We should be talking about these things. But, Anna, let's dive right into it. Um, we're going to get to the Dark Knight a little bit later on. Okay, with really quick, David. Did you yes, say that yes, yes, yes. that's
2: your... That's only your second time doing the
1: introduction. The actual intro to the show, yes, this is my second time. The oh, only wow. other time. Well, you know, what, what can I say? You broke that
2: down pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, considering I've heard my I've heard Joe do it so many times, I figure I, I'd have to learn something. Um, the only no, other time I ever kidding. I ever did the show intro was actually when the Giants, my football team, won the Super Bowl. Uh, back in February, so, uh, you know, that was a little special occasion So Joe allowed me to do it, but, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, what can I say? I- I'm typically the yeah, one who you know, does... Joe- Sorry, we'll go ahead. Tell Joe
2: if you're listening. Joe, if you're listening, I think someone
1: took over your intro job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, Joe is listening, as it were. Uh, his wife hasn't found out that he's listening yet, so Joe is actually checking out the show right now. Uh, so a big shout-out to JB. But, Anna, enough about him. He's old news. Let's talk about you. Um <laughs> Tell us, what have you been up to? You've been on the show a couple of times. You actually have the, the distinct honor of being the only guest who's been on our show, uh, our anniversary shows, which is the one year and, of course, one year to the date and our 100th episode. So what have you been doing the last few months since uh, last year we were on the Pure Gold Airwaves?
2: Well, how blessed am I,
0: huh?
2: Um, yeah, I've <laughs> this been is extremely true. busy. Yeah, I've been extremely busy. I mean, as always, I, I told you, I think, the last time that I had recently moved to Houston, I have really enjoyed my stay here. And I signed with an agency, and I've been really blessed. They've kept me really busy, so I've been doing a lot of work for them as well as I've continued working. I've worked for a designer for the past five years. His name is Tony Bowles, and um, I've been traveling, doing shoots with him and his company for his new um, up-and-coming catalogs, and um, I've been to New Jersey, New York, Arkansas. I'm actually going to be traveling to Miami within the next week to do a final photo shoot for him, and then, oh, then I'm nice. traveling to Atlanta, nice. yeah, Atlanta, where um it's called Market, and we do a bunch of fashion shows for a full week. We do about three shows every day that are two hours long each. so we do that. I've been going to be busy doing that, and um I've also um continue to coach and consult. I know we talked about that. And um, Miss Texas USA 2013 is coming up, so I'm preparing a couple of the girls that are going to be competing for that. And speaking of competitions, I also recently attended Miss USA. And oh, wow. It's a, yeah, so it's been a year since I've competed. I can't believe a year has already gone by, but I really, really enjoyed going back and sitting in the audience this time. Um, it was quite different than being on stage, but I really, really enjoyed it.
1: Well, tell us a little bit about the experience. You mentioned that you mentioned that you're doing the pageant thing. Um, as far as helping girls out, what's the name of the company? I know you mentioned it last time, but you know, uh, give them a little plug.
2: My little um, company. You mean?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: It's called Another Level Training, and what I do, I basically cover everything from there. There's three phases of competition. We do swimsuit, evening gown, and interview. So I work with them on interview skills, communication, on stage. And um, personal interview. I do wardrobe consulting. We work on walking, presentation, and employees, and something else that I think is extremely important that not a lot of other people think about is the mental aspect of it. Mentally preparing right. these women to take on um, this this huge, you know, event and, and thing in their life, and knowing how to cope with the pressure, and understanding that at the end of the day, you know, there's only one winner, but. If you can learn something from the process and take something away, then you you want it life and not just at the pageant. So, um,
1: now do you do you tell them uh, do you tell them to try out as many times as they did? Because I know you're you're famous uh, for trying out more than once. So is that something you throw their way? Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. You know, I think that if one thing I've learned is that if you have a certain desire in your heart, and that desire is there for a reason. Now, whether or not it's to ultimately win that pageant, it's to gain something. And it took me five years to win, (laughs) but, (laughs) you know, I think that every year I learned something different. Every year I gained experience and every year I got better, um, you know, at, at what I was doing and what I was trying to accomplish. And so I think that, again, if you have that desire in your heart, continue to pursue that dream because, you know, it's in you for a reason. So just keep pushing um persistence and perseverance pays off you just keep at it you never know until you keep trying
1: no definitely uh definitely uh that, that's a huge plus that's something that we of course um can can take advantage of i mean we you know we as a people if you look at the whole spectrum of life you have to be persistent you have to be um you you gotta be persistent. You gotta do what you have to do. You gotta try. I mean, even if you lose, you gotta pick yourself up and get back up. I mean basically it it's the same idea of what you as a uh, you know, as a consultant, what you did in your time, you know, Miss Texas. You should have won Miss USA, but that's you know that that's neither here nor there. Um <laughs> especially it's, it's determination. If they knew you had tried out like thirty times, they would have been like, you know what, this girl she needs to win. We gotta give her the title. She's she got to get out. <laughs>
0: She's a bet. <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah but, and, but, you know, I do think that it's important for people to keep pushing and keep persevering. Um, you know, again, like I said, you never know until you try. But a lot of people also, they think, you know, well, if I just, you know, I'm trying and I'm trying and I keep doing, I keep going back, but I'm getting the same results. You also have to understand that you have to put in the work. You know, you have course. to put in the hours and you have to, um, What what's that famous shed blood, sweat and tears in order to get to where you want to be. But um it's true you also one of the mottos that I did a lot of motivational speaking throughout my year and I've continued to do so and one of the mottos that I, I came up with was dream, believe, act, become. So obviously you start off with that dream. You have to believe in that dream. Yeah, you know, that dream is there in your heart for a reason. But not only believe in it, act on it. Do the things that you need to do. Take the necessary steps that you need to take. Work hard. Get after it. And when you do that, ultimately you become that dream. And so um, I think that's, a, you know, a few important words to live by is dream, believe, act, become. And then, of course, let go and let God. You know, you have to understand that he's in control of
1: everything ultimately. So no, Let me ask you question, in a question, okay. uh, Anna. You know, touching on that is is it easier for you as a christian you know and again a lot of the women that we have interviewed uh just happen to be christian is it easier for you as a christian uh going into the modeling thing in terms of dealing with loss because obviously some women some women have a hard time um Accepting failure, or not failure, but not not the level of success that they achieve. They expect they're going to win. They don't win. Is it hard for? Is it easier for you, or would you say it's harder for somebody who maybe is not not a believer, somebody who doesn't have a you know God in their lives, as it were? Well, I, you know,
2: I can only speak for myself. I think it's been um, obviously I, I've gone through my rough spots, and everyone will because we're human. But I think you know at the end of the day, if you can put everything you have in, in Um, know that you have someone else looking out for you that's bigger than anything in this world, then you start, that pressure starts to kind of melt off of you. Um, Right, right. But that's one of my big forces. And, yeah, I think for people to understand, you know, to really, really understand that it's not up to you. Even when you do put the work into it, um, it's ultimately not up to you. God has a plan, and when you can understand that, um, fully and 100%, then I think it's easier to accept. As you, I mean, failure. I, I really don't look at it as failure, but again, right, right. just um, you know, learning how not to do something <laughs> rather than looking at it as failure. But I think it is. It is easier. It has been easier for me um, because I do know that you know it's not. It's not up to me. No matter how much work I put into it or don't. Um, God has a plan for each of us, and understanding that. You know if he he's gonna have something bigger or better for us, then then it starts to that pressure starts to to be lifted up off of you
1: right now. Something, uh, I guess you can call it controversial. one thing thing I'm curious about, and we asked one of the other guests in the past that we had, um, and I believe it was one of the Miss Arizonas. Now, in terms of you being a, again, Christian, because when we first interviewed, I didn't know that. We actually found out in the middle of the interview that you were, and normally that's the type of stuff that I find out beforehand. You know, I just thought, cool, you know, you you seemed great, wanted to have you on the show. Um, Now, what what would you think about, let's say somebody were to say, well, you know, you're half naked up there, and... You know, how is that okay, or how is that um, something? And again, I think that being a model and having a, a gr- great role model such as yourself, somebody that girls can emulate because of all the things you've done and the hard work, and of course, it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's on them to go after their dreams. But what about that aspect of it? Let's say somebody were to say, you know, oh, you know, I can't believe you're, you're doing this, or you're you're up there showing <laughs> showing off what God gave you, so to speak. Uh, yeah. How would you answer a critic in that in that regard?
2: Well, I mean, you said it yourself. I am 100% comfortable with the person that God created, and I'm confident in myself. You know, I'm comfortable in my own skin. And, you know, to show God has gifted us each in different ways. And um, I don't don't think that I'm necessarily showing my body off in in a negative way. You know, I have trained extremely hard. I've been healthy about it. And I'm not afraid to show that off. And I think... um, that a lot of the a lot of people will just look for negative things to say, no matter what, and you also have to understand that, but again, God has given us all all of us different gifts, and one of them is for me is that I um determine I'm dedicated, I'm disciplined, and I'm athletic and I like to win, I like to compete, and just so well, how we know that you I like to compete of- <laughs> that, yeah, that that is- we know. <laughs> so happens that I have to put on a swimsuit to do that, then I'm okay with that. Um but, you know, I thank him. He's the one, all the glory to him, and he's the one that's given me the confidence to do that and I don't see anything wrong with it. Now I'm not I'm no one to judge. I'm not gonna say what is right and what's wrong. But right. again, I'm one hundred percent comfortable with who he made me to be and I don't I don't mind um showing off myself as long as I think that it's not um I don't find it demeaning or degrading, or you know,
1: if I'm uncomfortable, then I'm not going to do it. But I well, am have you. Have you ever been in a situation where you were uncomfortable, or you know, somebody asked you to do something and you were like, "No, I can't do that. I'm sorry."
2: It's not that I could think of right now. I'm sure there has been, but I think what's important for people to understand is if, if anybody ever does make you feel uncomfortable and you you um, don't want to do something, God also gave you a voice for a reason to be able to. Right to stand up for yourself and and speak out. And you can't think about who at that moment you're, quote, unquote, disappointing, but you have to think about yourself. And and they're not going to be the ones living with that decision. You are.
1: so um, That's true. That's
2: a good point. I I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I am definitely not afraid. In fact, that's what I'm I'm known for within within the state and my sisters is I'm definitely not one. To back down or, or say no to someone if I'm I'm feeling uncomfortable.
1: So basically, you have to smack someone around, you'll do it. Just you know, just don't get in your way.
2: As long as I don't hurt them, then I'm just <laughs> I'm not afraid. No. Um, yeah, you know, I just. Again, if you're not comfortable, then why do it? So. True. Just
1: be I was ask... You know, we've had a lot of women who've, you know, we've asked similar questions to whether it's acting or in this case, and you know, the, the the responses are always interesting. But, um, you know, off the air, we did discuss something that I found fascinating. You kind of threw it out there at the beginning. I'd like to know what was your experience like at Miss USA. You were there last year. You competed. You were the third runner-up, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you also did some interviews with some people. So tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah.
2: So this year again, it was it was completely different. Um, last year I was competing. I was able to be on stage and backstage. And this year, going back, I was very very blessed, very fortunate. I was third runner up. So I was asked by Will Henderson is a um, preliminary director within the state of Texas. He is the director for Dallas and Fort Worth, and he also has um, a website that is called PageantGuy.com. And so. He's, he's well-known within the pageant system, and so he asked me to come back and um, do the red carpet interviews for all the celebrity judges, and so I was very fortunate. I got to interview, um, for example, Rob Kardashian, Arsenio Hall, Kelly Osborne, um, the man himself, Donald Trump. I was able to inter- interview Miss Universe, Miss Teen USA, Miss USA, as well as one of the, you know, I thought that, um, Donald Trump would have been nerve wracking. But I had the privilege of interviewing Julianne Rantic and you know, I last year she interviewed me, so it was it was very different for me to have to interview her and she's big, that's what she's known for. You know, she's right. the best at interviewing people and so here I am, you know, small town Texas girl who happens to win a pageant has the blessing to interview Julianne Rantic. So she was so sweet and
1: we had a good good
2: Good interview, and I think um, it went pretty well for me considering.
1: But, so that was uh, the one you were the most nervous about?
2: Yeah, I would I would say so. Um, and you can actually you can see or find all those interviews on the pageant.com. So if you're interested in, in seeing how I did, that was actually a first for me. I had never done red carpet interviews. I had done a lot of in-seeing and hosting and motivational speaking, but that was a first. And to do it on that level and to have celebrities, there and you're interviewing them it was a crazy crazy feeling crazy situation but if you want to check those out you can go to pageantguy.com and see how I did you can grade
1: me (laughs) oh well you know I'm sure that many of the fans will be able to do that and to go you know check those out see I'm actually curious to see because uh, being on this side of the chair where we're always interviewing where we're always doing the You know, nobody has ever interviewed me, so, you know, you went the opposite route. But doing it in a sense of, you know, being the interviewed and then you're the interviewer uh, you know, I'm sure that it was definitely a little bit different for you asking the questions and stuff. And, I mean, it, it fascinates me because, we, you know, I love talking to people. I love doing interviews, et cetera, et cetera, as you know, evidenced by all the ones that we've done over the course of the show. Um, <laughs> no, don't say. <laughs> <laughs> is there one that, that you weren't too fond of? I mean, it, w- was there one that you say maybe you didn't do a good job or the person wasn't as receptive or, you know, something to that effect? Uh, you know, not – I don't
2: want to throw out names, but – I mean, it wasn't a bad interview, and I, they actually didn't put this one in the clip, but I felt really awkward. I love um, Andy Cohen, who comes out on, on Bravo. And um, I don't know, I just – he was the host last year for Miss USA, and he was hosting again with Julianne Rancic this year. And for some reason – I guess he made me a little nervous, too – but I just—it it just wasn't. I don't feel like it was a good interview. And I think the person that was interviewing him before me just kept going on and on and on and on and on. We were supposed to only get, like, <laughs> two questions. And she had, like, seven, or she got in seven. So by the time he got to me, I felt like he was already a little bit frustrated, and I was a little bit nervous. And so
1: that one didn't go too well. <laughs> yeah, we've had, uh, you I know. know. We've had a couple of those. Uh, for the most part, I'd say our interviews have been great. We had one guest who I can't mention at the very beginning of our of our run who just basically he did the show entirely by himself, and we just kind of happened to be there, so that that wasn't fun. And you know, we did one. I remember there there was a really awkward exchange with Joe, where uh, the, this specific guest was kind of rude to him, and we. I had to jump in there. We didn't know where to go. So, you know, for the most part our interviews have been great and you know, we've kept in contact with the people and, and tried to just uh you know, get them involved, but I know that we've had a couple that were just like, "Wow, thank God that's over because wow, that wow. was awful." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um now as far as everything else going on in your career, uh where do you see where do you see the whole um you know, coaching? Where do you see that going?
2: Well, you know, initially I thought that I wanted to do that full-time and you know, I I really enjoy helping people, but I think, you know, because I have I've, my agency's been so good to me and I've been really busy. I'm just doing that part-time and I want to continue doing as much modeling modeling as I can until I can.
1: <laughs> um, right.
2: But, you know, I always anytime someone needs help, whether it's now or when I'm 40, I'd be more than willing, you know, <laughs> to sit down with them and coach them and I think that's something I'll always do, but I, I don't think that it's going to be something I do full time unless something changes.
1: But right, I right. still enjoy it. Yeah. Of course. Now, um, you know, it's interesting is that um, you know we talked about it beforehand, et cetera, as far as the show went and what we were going to be doing. And uh, uh-huh. one one of the clips that that we normally play, believe it or not, uh, I'm going to play this for you, and maybe you maybe you know the the voice behind this, but uh, this okay. is one of my this is one of my favorite clips here.
2: Time to talk pure beauty on pure gold.
1: That's that's one of our uh, that's one of our favorite guests. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, what a, Who is that? She sounds so horrible. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, uh, she sounds. You really think so? Because I, I I thought she was pretty good. Um, no, I'm
2: kidding. That's that's so. That's me, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is.
1: <laughs> I have one more question about Miss USA before we, you know, we break off into something else. Um, there was a controversy this year, and i got to get your take on it. I mean, I, I think I have an idea of where you'll fall on it, but Sheena Monin, who was Miss Pennsylvania, she had an issue with the way things turned out, and of course, it was all over the news, Donald Trump, who... The Donald likes to sue people if probably sue me one of these days. Um, he' got into the lawsuit situation i 'm not sure where that stands, but what did you think about what she said? where you know she, she heard supposedly that uh, the, the winners were predetermined, and somebody else said that it was true, but then they interviewed her, she said no, but then another contestant came out and said that she heard the same thing. So um, obviously, you can look at it and say, "Well, she lost, so she's sour grapes, but what, what, do you, what did you think about that whole thing when you heard about it?
2: Well, before I get started, I'm just going to give you a little fun fact. You know, Sheena Monin actually is from, I don't know if she was born in Texas, but I know she competed in Texas. She was a former Miss Austin, and she competed with me at Miss Texas USA. So just thought I'd throw throw that out there. (laughs) Definitely a fun fact. um, Yeah, so fun fact. But you know what? Again, I can't speak for her. I can speak from my own experience. I competed at Miss USA. I was third runner-up. I didn't win. But, you know, I I understand, again, it goes back to understanding at the end of the day there can only be one winner. And whether or not, um, I'm not saying it was rigged, but whether or not it was, um, obviously it wasn't meant for her. You know, again, they, you can say, well, they're controlling it and Donald Trump had a say, but that's fine. You know, ultimately, who has control over that? That's, That's Someone way bigger and way stronger than any of us, and that's God. Um, and I think, you know, for me, it's a, it's a it's a it's a pageant that I've been involved in for the past now. I competed for five years. Been a year since I won. Going on the set about seven years. And so, I 100% back the Miss Universe organization. Um, Again, because whether or not it was, it is a business at the end of the day, and, you know, they're going to choose who they think is is best to represent their company and their brand. And, um, you know, I think either way, I think she, whether or not she saw what she saw or heard what she heard, I think that these girls, they got to the Miss USA level. That's a big seat in itself, being able right. to represent Is huge, and so I think just be grateful and be grateful, you know, for the opportunity, and be happy for the winner, whether or not she was put there by Peter Pan or Batman or Donald (laughs) Trump himself. Right. You know, it is what it is, and it's gonna stay that way, whether or not, whether or not she was right. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's a good point.
2: And and, and really not. You know, because I, I like Sheena. I mean, we, her and I got along really well at Miss Texas USA. But why take away um, from the new winner, Olivia?
1: Right, You know, because
2: right, right. you know, she worked just as hard as anybody else to be there and be in that position. And I'm sure she wanted it just wanted it just as much as Sheena. So of course, you know, no, no, I, no but, but again,
1: I, I back um, the Miss yeah, Universe yeah. organization. Well, I, yeah, I, I kind of figured I was, I was just curious. But, uh, you know, that's definitely some good insight from you there. And, uh, you know, we're going to take a time out here, and then we're going we're to shift gears into something a little bit more serious before we get into uh, something that we've been waiting for, for for quite a while. And that, of course, is The Dark Knight. So,
0: folks, stay tuned. We will be right back. Hi, my name is Anna Zielinski, and I play FBI agent Eve Reardon in the thriller Jerusalem
2: Countdown. And you're listening to Pure Gold. Hey, my name is Anna Zelensky, actress and producer of Marriage
0: Retreat, coming out August 14th. Stay tuned to Pure Gold for more details.
2: Hey, this is Ana Rodriguez, Miss Texas USA 2011, and I want you to check out Pure Gold Radio at puregoldpg.com. You can listen in to their show every week with David and Joe. They are simply Pure Gold. Oh,
1: uh, Folks, once again here, Pure Gold, give us a call, 714-364-4721. We have a lot of things we'd like to get to. I'm joined here by Anna Rodriguez. I will be joined in a few minutes by uh, my my good friend, Hans, and, of course, Joe, who is patiently waiting on the line. Um, Anna, unfortunately, there was a terrible tragedy that happened at the whole Dark Knight Rises, uh, you know, the the night that it premiered. Uh, it's It's a sad, sad world that we live in, but I kind of wanted to get your take on that of course uh there was there was a shooting, you know many people were killed, and many other people were injured so uh you know since you were the one who who uh mentioned it to me off the air about touching on it, uh give us your take yeah. briefly on that if you could, you
2: know first of all, David, when I heard the news, I was absolutely appalled, you know it was such a senseless act and and so evil, and I really can't wrap my head around why um someone would do such a horrific thing and you know it obviously goes to show that there's some some people out there that really really need help and it's not an excuse but you know I was looking I was listening to the news and I think one of the latest things that has popped up I was also checking Twitter and I saw TMZ posted that um well let me just pull it up really quick there was a um let me just read you what I, I had seen on this article. It says, he spelled out gory details of his planned massacre in a notebook, which he mailed to the University of Colorado professor more than a week before he opened fire. And it just, I am baffled by this. You know, that, uh, you know, It later states, Fox News states that the, the notebook had not been opened, but in there there was details about how he was going to kill people, and and there was drawings and illustrations of the massacre, et cetera, and, I just, you know, I think it's important for um, people out there that that may have friends that they feel there's something wrong, or they're getting an inkling that they may be capable of doing something to harm others. You know, don't be afraid to speak up. Obviously, it's not the professor's fault, you know, for not opening it. But um, if there's ever another, you know, you don't want there to be another case like this. And so, um, you know, again, my heart, my heart goes out to all the families and the victims that are that have been put through this, but I just am so disgusted by by him
1: and and what he did to to this country you know it's a shame uh, we live in a society of course where these things seem to happen n- not so much on a regular basis, but it definitely happens way more than it should and My take on the whole thing has always been if you want to die, if you want to do this, you know what and I'm totally against suicide as a christian, totally think it's wrong, and nobody should do it, but if you want to take your own life then you know what then don't dis- don't go and take other people's lives don't go and take the livelihood of other people young people to children who are there and you know you can debate say whatever you want if if a 3 month old should have been there or 6 6 year old but the point is that it's a movie theater it's supposed to be a safe haven and regardless yeah. of, of your age you know, you shouldn't have to worry about that. I went that night with my wife and with my nephews. You know, and I wasn't thinking, well, you know, we're going to be fighting for our lives tonight. And of course, that's thank God nothing night. happened. You know, where yeah. we were. But regardless, it, th- that's not really the point. The point is that this happened, and it's a shame. But if you if you're gonna if you're that miserable, or if you're gonna do something like that, you know what? Do it to yourself. Don't inflict that pain on other people. And it it's just so sad when I heard about it. You know, I was I was devastated, and I, and I couldn't believe it either. You know. Yeah, you know, and I, I actually,
2: you know, kind of, sort of felt the same way. But I feel like people, no matter what they're going through, they can reach out. Um, it's not, a, it's not an excuse to to go and do something to yourself or to other people. And I, I oh, felt of the course. Same way. You know, if you want to, um, you know, if you're such a tough guy, then why don't you inflict the pain on yourself before you inflict it on innocent people? But at the same time, that's still not okay. Um, oh, of course not. But of course not. But I'm saying are,
1: worst case scenario. You know, if something is going to yeah. happen don't go after other people.
2: Yeah, and and the thing is about it, what's also really, really sad is that people that, that do have, you know, these situations um, where something is not balanced, I think that they get more satisfaction um, seeing what they caused, and that's really disturbing, right. but that's, that's what happens, you know, they almost, and I hate using this word, is enjoy it, and it's, it it's so appalling to me, but you know, I my heart goes out to them, and more more than anything, not to concentrate on on the heartbreak, but the the heroism. There was also heroes, <laughs> you know, in this in this event. There was also many many people that did courageous things, and so.
1: No, you're right, and, the- and of course we we could <laughs> touch on we could touch on that. Uh, I know there was a story uh, that just came out talking about how uh, I believe it was three men, and a couple of them were actually military men, they ended up uh, saving their, their girlfriends because they were all dating at the time. They ended up saving their girlfriends' lives, and unfortunately uh, it cost them their own. Now, of course, yeah. you talk about heroes and, and things like that. And I mean, to the, the Bible the Bible defines, uh, you know, no greater love has a man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And, of course, you know, when you get married, one of the vows that you take, one of the, vows, the vow that I took, uh, at the altar with my wife was that I would love her like Christ loved the church and laid down His life for it. So what that means yep. is that as a husband, you know, it's your job to protect. Or as a man, you know, it's your job to protect. And it, it, it's so sad. And I, you know, I, I was reading it; I almost started crying. But it's just so sad yep. to me that they ha- they were put in this situation. They were on dates with their girlfriends, and they're yep. no longer here. And now these women are de- they're alive, but they're devastated. And they're it's the same the thing. Yep. How do you, how do you get over that? How, can you ever get over something like that?
2: You know, I think I think they can, and, and not just the men. There was also, uh, you know, a couple of women that were that did courageous things. But you know, I think it's something that they they can get through. You know, I've dealt with loss in my family. I lost my mom when I was 18, and obviously it was an entirely different um, situation. Right. But right. I think, you know, one of the things that um, my preacher from my church that I go to, Lakewood here in Houston, his name is Joel Osteen. Oh,
1: you go to says, Lakewood?
2: I had no idea. I. I do, yeah. Since I moved to Houston, I've been attending. Um, but nice. you know what he says is, um, let us not be victims, but victors. And right. really, what he's trying to say is that we can we can overcome tragedies. And I think that these people will. You know, obviously they'll always have um, they'll always remember these people, and they'll always feel you know that that pain from from their loss. But they can overcome that. They can move forward because life life does go on. And you know, I have something that I had to learn at a young age: is that that life does go on, and you have to continue to, to be positive and and just move forward and remember the happy things more than the bad things.
1: Now, uh, if you don't mind my asking, when your mom passed away, uh, how how did you deal with that? I mean, how long did it take you to to go back to some semblance of a normal life?
2: Um, you know, it was difficult. I don't think you know. I will always think about my mom, and and it'll always hurt me, but. Um, you know, I trust that, that God, God, I guess, let's see, how can I put this? He will, um, he gives his toughest battle to his strongest soldiers. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. why I like to look at it. And I, I like to think that he believes that I'm, I was strong enough to get over, uh, not get over it, but get through it and, um, to, use maybe her story to help other people. And so at the same time it's you know, it's a it's a difficult thing to go through. It can also be a gift for other people because um looking at the positive side of it, you know, when I was with Texas USA I had the opportunity to um go around the state and um speak on breast and ovarian cancer, ovarian cancers which um what my mom passed away from and be able to share her story so that hopefully um, other people won't have their own, and so, again, I always try and look at the positive things, but I will always, you know, feel um, a little void, um, and I always think about, well, she, you know, she won't be there for my wedding, and she won't, right. but you also have to to remember that, you know, the the gift side of it, that you were yeah. able to maybe yeah. save some other lives,
1: Um no, definitely. Yeah. You, you know, you yeah. definitely have to look at the positive when it comes to all that, and of course, you know, I definitely appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing that and sharing that with us. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're even, the fact that we even have to talk about such things, it, it's it's a sad state, you know. I mean, I haven't lost my parents, but, uh, you know, I've lost grandparents. I thought I was going to lose my aunt about a week or two ago, which, you know, we actually canceled the show last week because I actually thought my aunt was going to pass away. So, you know, she's still in the hospital and fighting for her life and all that. So it's something that, um, you know, as you deal with the loss in life, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's, it's the result of a, of a fallen world that we live in. And, of course, God does give yeah. us the strength. You know, it, the Bible talks about how um and people like to say, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle, but you know, it says God God never allows you to be tempted more than you're able to bear. So what what that means is that, yeah. you know, he's there, he'll help you, he'll be with you. And uh it's something oh. again, I don't know I I don't know how personally how people go through life without God in their lives, but um you know, I just I pray for, you know, I know this nobody would ever understand this unless you were a Christian, but I do pray for the for the guy who, uh, you know, who Kill these people because obviously he oh. needs help. He does need God in his life, Absolutely. and like you said, um, you know, you don't want anybody to do it. You don't want him or anybody to kill themselves. Um, yep. But unfortunately, the world that we live in, it's just this is this is the state of affairs that that we're at, you know. And I, I do and, pray for him, and I hope that.
2: And you I, know, yes, I can 100% agree with you on that. Not only do the families and the victims, or the victors, as we have decided to say. um, Need prayer, but so does he, and so do other Definitely. people. Maybe ever considering doing something like this. You know, they they need prayer. They um, need it just as much as as everyone
1: else. So no, you're you're right, Anna. And uh, you know, again, there, there's no there's no actual way to to segue from this and and this topic, but, you know, you, you talked about, uh, off the air, about how Christian Bale, actually, who played Batman, was uh, was visiting people. And I know Christian has a reputation for having issues with fights and all kinds of crazy things, but he, he yes. went uh, on his own without... Uh, representing Warner Brothers it had nothing to do with them. He did it on his own, and I thought it was nice to see him going to visit people and you know in Colorado. I mean, considering he's from Wales, so it's not like he's you know right across right across the pond there. But he definitely made yeah. uh, you know made an impact, I'm sure, in the lives of those people just by taking some time out.
2: Yep, a hero in the movie and a hero in real life. I think it was an honorable thing for him, you know, to do, and it's great that he took the time to visit them. And it just goes to show that there are. Um, Good people with out status and with status as um we look at him, you know uh and I think that again it's just a great thing for for him to have done, and I'm sure that it made the people feel you know not one hundred percent better but kind of lifted up their spirits and that's a, that's important right now um
1: no definitely for them definitely is
2: and, and a, you know to be thought about
1: you're absolutely so. right um. You know, and uh, it's it just, again, it's it just so sad that he Christian actually even had to make the trip or, or felt the need to make the trip to to go out there because of the, this tragedy. But, you know, again, like I said earlier, there, there's really no way to segue from this. But, you know, there is something else that we would like to get on, uh, you know, get to before we, we close a out the movie. show. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, folks, uh, just stay tuned again. We'll be right back after this very short break.
2: I'm Lisa Mateo of the PIX11 Morning News in New York, and you're listening to Pure Gold. I'm Lisa Mateo from the PIX11 Morning News in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around. What's up, guys? This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com.
1: And one final clip. Uh, you know, I'm being, told, I'm being told in my ear here that something else has to be played, so I am going to uh, throw this one out there before we get started.
0: This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin, or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City... I'm listening to Pure Gold.
1: Folks, that was the great Lord Lester from uh, an episode we had a couple weeks back. I'd like to introduce to the program two people. First off, let me start with the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Joseph, whatever his middle name is, Bacino. Sir, how are you doing this evening?
3: I'm good. That would be Anthony, by the way. Oh,
1: Anthony, I thought it was, but I, you know, I do not want to say anything like Gustavo or anything crazy like that. But sir, uh, <laughs> how's Wildwood? I know, I know, Andrew doesn't know what you're doing right now, so, so how is everything? Everything's good.
3: Mike Frances is at Bar A, so I had to report to Wildwood, New Jersey, for my assignment.
1: Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> and of course we thank you for joining us. And one more person, another member of the Pure Gold team joining us this evening in studio live. Mr Han Solo, sir, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good and yourself?
1: Doing wonderful. Um, alright, so this, there's a lot of things going on here. We're gonna to have to kinda of throw this out, um with everybody out. So what I'm gonna do is what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start a little bit differently um, since, you know, I've been doing the show with Anna. Uh, Of course, Anna, you know, don't hang up. We'll get to you in a second. Joe, can you give us a take? What did you like about the Dark Knight Rises?
2: Hey, so is this, one second, is this this man talk right now? Am I going to have to leave the room? No, no, no.
1: No, no, no. no, no. Well, you're not in the room with us, so you don't have to leave the room, but no, you you can stick around.
2: (laughs) You're right. (laughs)
1: I just had Joe uh, give us your take, sir. G- get, you know, what did you like about the movie?
3: Uh, let me just preface this before I start and say that, you know, for months I've been talking about this. Maybe for about a year I've been talking about this movie, and how I was gonna go watch it on the premiere. Of, you know, Thursday night midnight, go watch it, and how my partner, my co-host DG, would just rip me to no end <laughs> in production meetings, live on the air. You're a loser. I'm not that kind of guy that goes to watch a movie. I'm not single anymore, and lo and behold, not only does d g go watch the movie, but he goes to watch it the same place and at the same time as i did
1: and in the same theater, let me just throw that out there
3: Hot. Hot. yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're to talk about the positive we're talking about we're talking about the good stuff i I gotta tell you d g and Anna and hans uh I really like the storyline. Um, I know that the eight-year gap is something that you still don't like, D.G., but I like the storyline. I like Bane as the final villain. It really did, you know, make the complete circle with these three movies. We we started um, and we finished with, uh, you know, the uh, League of Shadows. How I know that, you know, again, you're not going to like the fact that the whole story was then um, put onto Natalia, who ended up being Ra's al Ghul's daughter. But uh, overall, I really did like the movie. I'm glad that Batman Bruce Wayne did not die, even though for a second I thought he was going to die. I love the fact that Nolan used the Inception ending because, you know, you had Michael Caine looking at, you know, Christian Bale. There was a point, DG, that I thought that they weren't going to show Christian Bale. Did you have a feeling like, like well, that?
1: Well, that would have been the actual Inception ending if they did it ambiguously. I think the reason that, and I read this somewhere, the reason Christopher Nolan actually showed him is because they didn't want it totally to resemble Inception. They wanted a, a definite ending. This is, Inception was a one-off movie. This is the end of the trilogy. So I thought they had to show, um, they had to show Bruce Wayne. They had to show the, what happened to him. And I thought that was great, uh, so, so what else did you like about it, sir? Before we get in, you know, before we get to take of the other uh, fifty guest hosts that I have on the show tonight.
2: <laughs>
1: I, thought,
3: I thought Anne Hathaway, Cameron did a great job. I thought Bane's voice was so over the top dubbed in from studio. But my favorite thing is because I know that we want to get to everybody and then we can circle back to me. But my absolute favorite was that actual part that Alfred has this dream of Bruce Wayne you know, sitting with a girl in Florence, or I think it's Florence, and uh, he's actually not Batman anymore. He's happy. He's living his life, and he knows that somebody else has taken his place so that Bruce Wayne can live a happy life, and I just love the fact that it came all the way back to that, and, you know, Alfred takes a vacation and he finds Bruce Wayne there with uh, and um, Selina Kyle, and I thought that was the perfect ending to the movie. I don't like the fact that, you know, uh, Batman Bruce Wayne gave um, all his stuff to to what's his name? J- um, Jason Blake. Uh, the John
1: cop? Blake.
3: John Blake. Yeah, so I, mean, I like that. Yeah, and unless they make another movie, like you said, where where Bruce Wayne is training uh, John Blake. You don't
2: think that and, uh,
3: he's gonna be Robin? Oh, I know he's gonna be Robin. I just don't know huh. how you give all that that power, all those tools and stuff, to a guy that's not even trained yet to fight crime one on. Whatever an army.
1: <laughs> well, Joe, um, we'll definitely we'll definitely circle back to that. I actually agree with you on that. But I'd like to get the take of Mr. Hans since he's been patiently sitting here in studio wondering when he was going to have the opportunity. He's I mean he's actually pretty <laughs>
0: angry at me right now. But sir, give me your take. What did you think of the film? The positives. Uh, the only thing that I liked that Batman was in it. Other than that, the rest of the movie was garbage. Joe, I don't Mm -hmm. even know how you could sit there and say that you liked it. It was retarded. An eight-year gap made absolutely no sense at all in the movie. And the fact that Bruce Wayne was broken after being Batman for only, I could say, a good two years film-wise. Like, in the time period that, that the movie took place, he was Batman for a year, maybe two tops. And then he's broken, has no cartilage is all mangled up, needs a cane to walk? Really? I don't even think so. That made no sense. The fact that Bane was... you
1: were supposed to tell me what you liked about the film.
0: I did. (laughs) The man was in it.
1: He was was battling. I
2: I, I don't know if you'd have cartilage after what he does.
0: Oh, she said she doesn't know if you would have cartilage after what he did, Mr. Mr. Tough Guy. I think I would. What did he do? Jumping from buildings? He fought two people. I think
2: that maybe you should be Robin.
0: I'd be a better Robin than the 30 old cop that came out of nowhere in the third movie and figured out that Bruce Wayne was Batman in five minutes. I don't know how... Wait, uh, hey, this guy figured out my secret when nobody else can. Let me give him Hans, all my...
3: Hans, let me ask yeah. you a question. You ready? Okay. Me and D.G. talked about this, too. Maybe they should have made a fourth movie, and there should have been, in between the third and the fourth movie, they should have, called them the, they should have made a movie called The Cape Crusader, where Batman gets beat up a little bit more, maybe with the rhythm of some other villain, and then have this movie, the fourth movie, as the movie that ends the series maybe 5 years later as opposed to 8 years later
0: I think that would have made a lot more sense uh, me and DG talked about this it feels like Nolan just wanted to get through it he didn't want to have to deal with with the whole Batman thing and he just wanted to end it and he rushed the whole movie because honestly he could have made 2 movies out of this single movie that, that he uh, he produced and filmed and I just felt like it was rushed as a As a comic fan, I didn't like it. He mixed three stories into one. Uh, As a moviegoer, I didn't like it either because of the fact that it felt rushed. And him falling in love with Talia, and then five minutes later he's in love with Selena Kyle, and then he gives his whole uh, mantle of Batman to some stranger who who he's known for maybe a month in the whole movie. It, It just didn't make sense to me
1: now anna let let's go to you since uh Hans is spewing the negativity. I know you told me, and this wow. is a disclaimer for everybody listening. Anna says she has a horrible memory uh for details and stuff, but you you did watch the film, I think only two days ago. Give me your take, yeah. I, I know you liked it, but but give- give the fans your take on it,
2: yeah, well, um first of all, yeah, like your disclaimer said, I'm horrible at recalling movies. I could watch it. I could have watched it yesterday and not been able to to tell you much, but I really enjoyed it, and I guess it's because. I was looking at it more from a movie goer not a a comic I wasn't into the comics when I was little. Right. You know, I I played with Barbies I guess more. Um but Good I
1: really
2: I really enjoyed it. The only thing that I did not like, I saw it in RPX um which was the surround sound and the seats reclined and all that. And I think it was worth watching it that way because I could not understand a word that came out of Bain's mouth. It was already, I'm sure muffled and I don't know what term um, Hans used, but I could not understand half the stuff that he said. So it kind of ruined that for me. Um, but I really enjoyed it and I really love Anne Hathaway. The only, I think, um, I don't want to say it's a negative thing, but the only thing is I think she did a fantastic job, but I couldn't get past the image of her in Princess Diaries. I don't um, necessarily see her as a sex goddess or a sexy goddess um, as much as, say, like an Angelina Jolie or Megan Fox. Not that I don't think that she's hot, Anne Hathaway's hot, but I don't know. I think they could have uh, sexed her up a little bit more.
1: <laughs> you mean so, so? You mean me having home. her dressed in, in leather that wasn't enough for you? I mean, w- 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 no, where else you gone with that? In
2: fact, you know, if you want to talk about outfits, you know, I was surprised that 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 it was a little conservative. You know, I felt like they would have done something more, a little more scandalous than um, what she was wearing. But I mean, again, I mean, she did an amazing job. It was a, a different role for her. Um, but I think overall, I think the movie was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think that I enjoyed the last hour just because I really needed to go to the restroom. And <laughs> all I could think about was peeing and not understanding Bang's voice. But yeah, other than that, that I really enjoyed it.
1: Well, you really, know, what's yeah, interesting. Sorry, Anna, not to catch you off, but you know what's interesting? You said you saw it, like, in a super-surround sound. Well, Joe and I were at the same theater, and Joe, I know you can attest to this. The The sound wasn't that great, and that made Bane even more difficult. I actually spent ha- half the movie interpreting and, uh, you know, basically just, just filling in the blanks for my wife because she didn't understand, any, like, anything. she didn't understand anything that Bane said at all. She was totally lost, and the first scene, you know, when they're in the the plane, I actually yeah. did. I, I sort of understood what he was saying, but I was lost up until an hour and a half later when, when he's blowing up uh, Heinz Field or the field in the middle of Pittsburgh. That, to me, was like, oh, wait, that's who that guy was. I had no idea who he was kidnapping. <laughs> I didn't know what they yep. were doing. You know, so so I, that kind of that threw it off for me. Anna, did, so did you want to say something?
2: Yeah, maybe it wasn't the surround sound. it was just Bane's voice
1: <laughs> well I know that they actually originally he, he was even harder to hear with the mask because it constricted Tom Hardy's voice so it, you can clearly tell that they had to go back and re-record it and dub it over because when the one agent was talking it was normal when Bane is talking it sounded like he was in an empty studio and I know Joe and I were kind of we kind of touching on that so that to me was the one aspect I loved Bane but that was the one aspect to me that I thought, other, other than his height, he could have been a little bigger because he's supposed to be a lot bigger than Batman. But um, mm-hmm. the the voice thing really really threw me off. Now um, I know yeah. you loved it, you like Dan Hathaway. I know that Hans and I both agreed. Joe, we probably think she was. Maybe Joe, not so much, but she was one of the better aspects of the film because she did such a great job and she pulled off the character so well. But I have to agree with Hans in the sense that the, her and Bruce and getting together so quickly—it just seemed, it really did. The movie was three hours long almost, and it just seemed rushed. So I know well, I, I, mean, I, I I agree with that.
2: From a girl's perspective, I don't think that that Batman ever really liked um, was Natalia. Um, I think that he was just desperate to fill a void, and I I think that there was feelings from the get-go between um, Catwoman and Batman because they they were just their personalities that they have to portray as these tough guys or tough girl, and if you notice when she talks to him, she always has tears in her eyes almost like yeah, she yeah. feels it, like, feels the pain, and she doesn't want him to go, and she doesn't want him you know, to get hurt, but they just can't come out and and reveal that they liked each other from the get-go. Right. I don't know. I don't think I don't... that it happened all of a sudden. I knew that from the beginning that they were going to end up you know, coming out oh, and being together. Yeah, you,
1: you, you kind of had to figure that. I know in the comics about that they say that she's probably his one great love. Now, Joe, back to you. Um, you mentioned the positive things that you liked. What's, I know Hans basically hated the whole thing. What didn't you like about the film?
3: Well, like like we said before, I didn't like the fact that Bruce, Batman, gave all his his toys and everything, his mantle, quote-unquote, to, um, to John Blake. I just didn't like that fact at all. Um, I felt like the movie was rushed, too, at some point, and there were some lulls, too. Uh, towards the first maybe half an hour to 45 minutes, there's a lot of lulls, like Bruce Wayne getting information from Selena, and I just thought that the movie kind of dragged a little bit. It wasn't, like you said, it wasn't like uh, nonstop action like the Dark Knight was. Uh, this one definitely had some lulls, but, um, again, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like Hans being a negative Nelly on this, because I just think that it's good to to just you know, come full circle. I mean Batman eventually has to stop being Batman and if Nolan decided a long time ago that three movies was gonna be it for him, then I think he tied it up pretty nicely. He sent Batman off. He didn't kill Batman, which, you know, again, I loved.
1: I know and, uh, you were you were he, scared, you were crying about it, you had you had nightmares about it that he was actually gonna go and kill Batman.
3: Yeah, I was. I mean I, I thought this was the perfect character. And you know, they they did a good job disguising who um, Natalia was. It was Razogu's daughter. I thought that was really good. Um, The whole prison thing was interesting. Um, But, again, it comes full circle. I mean, how else do you think they should have ended it, D.G.?
1: Uh, How do I think they should have ended it?
3: Yeah.
1: Well, I I like... Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I thought he did a great job as John Blake. You know, Hans and I as huge comic fans, we were waiting for the big reveal that his name is actually Richard, Richard Grayson, or Tim Drake, Timothy, something to tie in with the actual Robin characters, but instead he says, oh, my real name is Robin, and that to me was like, seriously, his name is, seriously, they couldn't, all the names in the Batman mythos, there's three different guys who portrayed Robin. He couldn't pick one of them. He couldn't pick the one right character. So that kind of bugged me. And again, if I wasn't if I wasn't a big comic fan and a huge Batman fan, then that wouldn't bother me as much. I, I guess so. That the audience knew who he was. I thought it would have been a little more ambiguous to say his name, where only the comic people got it. Then you see him training. Um, I think that I what I don't like I don't like the fact that Bruce Wayne went broke. That made no sense to me. How is Bruce Wayne broke? But I didn't like the the whole giving all his toys and all his things to this guy like Han said and you said that he just kind of met um, totally out of nowhere there's no long standing relationship there should have been a relationship you know it should have been like they knew each other for years that's why the whole eight year gap bothered me but again I know Anna's sitting there probably like shaking her head you know saying oh I love the movie it was amazing but us yeah. as comic fans th- there's there's a little something missing and to me I don't know if you've seen the other the other three movies, the other two movies, Anna, but to me, this was the worst of the three. Still a really good film, but definitely not as good as The Dark Knight.
2: Well, yeah, I think it's just because I don't know all the details that you guys know from from being big fans of the, the comics and, or the, yeah, I just, the comic books and all that. I just, I guess maybe that's why I'm not as upset or wasn't <laughs> paying attention to all that detail. I think the only thing that I was upset about is that you guys are saying that he gave everything Away to this this kid that he didn't know, but what about at the beginning to Natalia, he trusted her with
1: with everything too. And well, that I, to me, that I guess it tied distance, in when he, he, he I heard it Natalia, he, he tied in with the whole fact of him trusting her. And I, I we knew Hans and I knew we knew that she was going to be the, the daughter of Raza Rachael or as they say Raza Gul, A.K.A. um uh, but. I didn't like I didn't like I think that ass.
2: Talia. Not Talia. No, I know. And
1: Joe's doing the same thing, so it's all right. You, you know, you're both fired. But um, when he when he gave it to her, he thought she was his hope. And to me, it was like, man, Bruce Wayne is this much of a loser. He's so dejected at like, what's the point? Then at the end, when you find out that she's the one holding the bomb, et cetera, et cetera, it was just totally. I thought that that plot point was forced. And like you said, I can totally get the, he was desperate, so he, he wanted to be with her. That, I understand that. But I just felt like it was, it was forced because she wasn't in any of the previous films. Selena wasn't in any of the previous films. John Blake wasn't. To me, introduce John Blake in part two. Introduce Selena, a cameo in part two, and then you can kind of buy, all right, they have this long-standing relationship. But that, out of nowhere, bam, here, here's all my stuff. And, all right, he gave his things away to those kids at the orphanage. That's cool. That's a great thing to do. But how is Bruce Wayne broke? I just don't understand that. Joe, what did you think about that whole aspect of it? I mean, were you as upset about the whole Bruce Wayne losing everything as as we were?
3: Well, just remember, I I think there was no cameos because for some reason, I mean, we'll never know the answer to this, but I think that Chris Chris Nolan wanted to end the third one with, like, Joker returns when Heath Ledger then passed away. I don't think he could do Joker anymore, so I think that's why we didn't see a cameo by Selena Kyle or, you know, uh, Joseph Levitt because the fact that um, I think he was going to do Joker again because it was so successful in the second movie.
1: Well, that's possible. I know I mentioned to Hans that I thought uh, when the the Scarecrow came out and he did his whole judge thing, I thought personally that would have been a perfect place for the Joker. Now, Hans, let me ask you this. Do you think if Heath Ledger was still alive and and hadn't died, would he have been in this film? Because he wasn't mentioned at all. The Joker who played, who dominated part two, wasn't
0: mentioned once. I think he might have made a cameo, but uh, Nolan had the, these, uh, this idea of how he wanted to start Batman and end it. So it wasn't like he had always planned that Joker was going to be in it. He always had a trilogy in mind, and he always knew how it was going to end. So I don't agree with 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 you Joe saying that if Heath Ledger hadn't died he would have played a a more major role or or something like that. I think um like I said earlier he just wanted to be done with the whole uh Batman family and the uh, the movies and so he could move on to something else uh like Superman that he's uh he's supporting but he's not in a a major role in that movie. He's just uh Helping out Zack Snyder, but uh, I think he would have made a cameo. Heath Ledger, just like um, the Scarecrow did in the movie. That
1: was great when he came out. The audience went nuts. That there was a huge pop when the Scarecrow came out, and I and I loved seeing him because Cillian Murphy, you know, it, along with um, Morgan Freeman, uh, Michael Michael Caine, and Christian Bale. I'm pretty sure they're the only. Oh, and, and Nestor Carbonell, who was the uh, who was the mayor. I'm pretty sure they're the only four or five people who were in all of the films. Oh, excuse me, Commissioner Gordon. So you have a handful, maybe five or six people at the most, who appeared in every film. So I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Now, Anna, back to you for a second. Um, you mentioned what you, a couple of things you don't like. What was your favorite part of the whole film? If you could pick one thing, what would it be? Hmm.
2: Maybe Anne Hathaway, even though I
1: think that her uh, – are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Oh.
2: Uh Anne Hathaway was, you know, even though I couldn't get The Prince Diaries out, I think she did a fantastic job. And, of course, Christian Bale is a sexy man, so just them.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Joe, uh, what do you think? Would you say Christian Bale's a sexy man? I mean, is, is that what you like most about <laughs> the film? Uh,
3: he became my favorite Batman over Michael Keaton after, um, showed I, his I just think,
1: what well, so happened been- the- when he was doing push-ups, is, is that that was your favorite part?
3: No, uh, just the fact that I, I guess the person. I like the person. I like the fact that he did out of his own like accord. He didn't like hear listen to anybody. Did, nobody like forced him to. Visiting the the victims or the people that survived the Colorado shooting, I thought that was a great job by him. I just you know I have a lot of respect for the guy now.
1: No, I definitely was. And again, I know he's had his issues and stuff with the media, but that that was a great that was a great thing on his part and. You know, we're just so happy uh, to see that kind of thing because, you know, stars, they get they get a lot of negative publicity. And for the most part, the TMZs of the world, all you hear is the negative stuff. But it was great to see the, the positive stuff and the positive uh, aspect of it. So that that was a, a huge uh, – sorry, sir, go.
3: No, I was just going to say, uh, you don't agree with me that the best part of the whole – maybe the whole series was the fact that, you know, how uh, this, this character, this person, Bruce Wayne, watches his family die in front of his mom and his dad – And Bruce uh, Alfred has to take care of him, and, and all he sees is pain and heartache for him when he comes back to Gotham City. And then he has this dream, and that dream actually comes true. Bruce Wayne makes sure that that dream comes true. He passes the mantle on, and he's able to live a happy life with somebody that he loves.
1: Well, it it really sounds like you you have a a true, uh, almost borderline psychotic infatuation with Bruce Wayne, uh, sir, because you're really into this whole aspect of the stuff. I mean, did you cry when the movie was over? Can you give us a PG exclusive? Is that why it took you so long to come over and say hi to me? I mean, were you in tears, wiping your tears because you you love Bruce Wayne so much? I was
3: expecting to see a trailer for a fourth movie, but no. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there was. This is not a Marvel film, so they didn't have that extra aspect of it. But um, you know, as we as we sit here, you know, ready to close out the show, um, let me go around the let me go around the room one more time. Hans, give me it, The movie's over. The series is over. Um, where does the Batman series go from here? Are, are we going to be seeing a reboot in, in three years or five years? Or you know, what's your take
0: on that? According to uh, Warner Brothers, it all depends on Superman whether um dc continues making these movies so that's kind of dismal because the superman movie so far doesn't sound at all appealing even though i i did get excited when i actually saw the trailer of superman uh during the dark knight rises but they're all um dc is just resting their whole future on how well superman does and they, they said previously that they have plans on continuing the, the Batman series without Christian Bale, without Nolan. In what direction they're going to take it, I have no idea if they're going to use Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the new Batman or some version of him. Who knows? I just really hope they don't and they just start from scratch and we can forget this horrible movie that we just saw.
1: You know what's amazing is that? I didn't realize you were, We talked about it the minute the movie was over because I was stuck in traffic to like 4 in the morning that night, and you weren't this negative about it. It just seems like in a week, your opinion has gone from not... from a, it was a really good film to it's the worst thing you've ever seen, and, and you, you know, you're, I, all this anger coming out. You're the total opposite of Joe. Joe is in love with, with uh, Bruce Wayne and wants to run away with him, and you want to punch the guy in the face.
0: Well, because it didn't make sense to me. This, throughout the whole three movies... Tell us
1: how you really feel. Bruce
0: Wayne... Is obsessed with being Batman That he's the only one that could save Gotham And then at the very end He's like ah here take it strange guy That I just met five <laughs> minutes ago take my whole legacy and do what you want with it because, you know, you have all the experience in the world. You know,
1: that, that's actually as a, that's a good point, and when they did the whole statue and I'm like, oh, Bruce Wayne's dead, Batman's dead, I, I, that's one thing I didn't like. I think that what they should do if they do continue the series, make him uh, be Nightwing, make him be Robin, make him be another character, but not Batman because Bruce Wayne is the only guy who should be Batman. And like you said, passing on the legacy really just kind of didn't make sense to me. Um, in that aspect, to have Bruce Wayne no longer Batman, hey, whatever, I'm done, it's over, you know, goodbye. Uh, Joe, what about you, sir? I mean, where do did, where did things go from here? I know you're, you're over there in tears, weeping, but uh, give us your thoughts.
0: I'm
3: not actually in tears. I'm not as negative as Hans was. I did tell you that that was the one thing I really hated, the fact that Batman Bruce Wayne handed all that stuff to somebody that he really didn't know. So uh, it's just the right, fact right. that... Yeah, you know, it's just the fact that this is the end of the series. I think that when they reboot it, who knows when they're going to reboot. But when they do reboot it, it's probably going to be somebody that's going to take it more in the direction of the comic book and not so realistic like Nolan did.
1: No, that that that's a good point, sir. And uh, Anna, what about you? I mean, you're you're going to watch the next uh, Batman film that's coming out, you know, next month A reboot that's totally different and totally, you know, Batman is fifteen this time, and they're going to have to redo the entire series. Can you hear me? Yeah, definitely.
2: Okay, because I have Skype hung up, so I have to call you from my phone. But honestly, I have no idea. I mean, I'll watch if something else comes out, but the only thing I know right now is I will probably be Catwoman for Halloween. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my gosh Well you should have Tried out to be to, to be her in the movie I mean who knows Maybe you would have Done a better job Than Anne Hathaway uh, Although she she Definitely no, did a great job that, And but... you know It was nice to see her in, in that respect And you know We spent some time here Talking about The Dark Knight Rises um, You know Before I close out the show Obviously got to thank Anna You know so much for, for joining me This afternoon Evening Whatever time it is And you know Wherever across the world Everyone is uh, You know Definitely <laughs> thank you so much And you know Hopefully Well I'm sure we will at some point, have you on again? Uh, you know, you're you're up there in terms of the the guest appearances on the show. So, uh, thank you so much for helping me tonight. And uh, you know, you were you, you definitely did a, a great job. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the film, even though my my lifelong friend over here, sitting next to me, is you know foaming at the mouth, thought it was the worst piece of garbage he's ever seen. Negative least, Nelly, is that what Joe it, called him? Yes, ne- <laughs> he, he is negative Nelly. That is, that is true.
2: Negative Nelly. And thank you though, David, for for following me and being interested in what I have to say and having me on the show I truly appreciate you um, wanting me to come on and co-host with you so thank you very much
1: definitely uh, you know again uh, the pleasure is all mine and of course uh, you know again we'll have you on uh, I'm sure soon in the future you know when you're uh, Miss uh, America maybe or, you know you're doing something else but uh, but again, <laughs> I think, again thank you so much and, and we'll talk to you very soon well,
2: thank you, and don't forget to tell your followers to follow me on Twitter at Anna, Anna Christina Rod.
1: Now, again, one more time, the couple of websites that you that you were plugging before, give them out to the, fo- the folks so they can see the interviews.
2: Oh, it's thepageantguide.com, and that's where you can see all the interviews from Miss USA with the celebrity judges and Donald Trump, and um, and if you are interested in competing for a pageant and you need help training, just go ahead and email me at Miss u s a two thousand eleven at gmail and hopefully we can get together and help you out and follow me on Twitter at Anna christina
1: Rod. Of course. Thank you so much Anna. Pleasure. Ours of course. All right. Thank you so much, David. See y'all. Have a good one Folks have the one and only Miss Texas USA two thousand eleven. Anna Christina Rodriguez has to throw that out there. Um, you know she did a great job today, helping me on the show and just being a part of it. Joe, since you're still there, sir, and Hans is still here, um, as we as we do close out the show, if you were to give it a grade, what would you give it? The movie? Give it to me straight, sir. From A all the way down to F, which is probably what Hans is gonna say. What would you give it?
3: I'm gonna give it a solid. I mean, I'm gonna give it the whole series first of all. I'm gonna give it a, a, a B plus. And I'm gonna give the movie itself a B minus.
1: That's a pretty that, that that's a fair grade, Hans. What about you?
0: Overall, I'd give the series maybe a B plus. The actual uh, film, a C. Such an angry, angry man. Uh, sir, which,
1: um, Joe, which was your favorite film out of the three?
3: Out of the three, I'm still big on the whole origin of Batman, so I I really did like Batman Begins. My favorite.
1: What about you, sir, Mr. Hans? Dark Knight, all the way. I'd have to agree with a Dark Knight. Um. That is definitely the the best film out of the three. Um, but but Joe, as as we uh, as we're finishing up here, wrapping up, um, you know, I got to toss something out there real quick. Our Mets, I'm surprised you've been on the air this long with us. But our Mets, sir, are, are they done? Is the season over? Are are we going to be talking the dog days of August? You know, having my my nine month old daughter on the show, having my my you know niece on the show. I mean, are are we going to have to just find anyone and anyone to be on this show because the Mets are horrible and. They- pretty much ended the, the whole our our whole existence.
3: I mean when you talk about swoons that this is not only a swoon, this is a nose dive right to the ground, right after the All Star break. What are they one in ten right now?
1: Well sir, actually if you look at the you know, I have my notes here. If you look at what the Mets have done, um at the end of at the end of the day, you know, the facts are the facts and the numbers don't lie they are, sir, a total train wreck. They've lost six in a row, including today's game. They've lost 11 of 12 since the All-Star break, and they've lost 13 of their last 15 games. They're four games under 500 at this point, 11.5 out of first in the National League East. They're seven games back in the wild card. Sir, there's less than a week to go before the trade deadline. How the heck did this... Explode so quickly. We were talking our last show. We were talking how you know it's great. The Mets are exciting, and now I mean it's a complete 180. It's been it's been two weeks since you and I have been on the air, and it's the worst two weeks of the entire season.
3: It goes back to the fact that they're starting pitching. It was going to be. It, they were going to make or break the season with the starting pitching. Without the starting pitching, which has been abysmal the second half, and the fact that their bullpen has always been bad, it's just spelled disaster. And they've lost to teams in their division coming out of the All-Star break, to the Braves, to the Nationals, and again to the Nationals just recently at home. I just think that that's it. The season's over. Pack it up, pack it in. Uh, can't wait for football to start so we can actually get ratings back up because we've got have have a lot of content to fill in the month of
0: August.
1: Yeah, we you know, we were hoping that the Mets would actually give us something interesting to talk about, so we're definitely going to need Hans to to scrounge up any entertainment information and any movie information. Sir, uh, you know, the next month, now that the Mets are out of contention, and I don't know how much we'll be talking about wrestling, Joe and I. We we need you to, to hop on the show and give us some good stuff right before football season. Hans, this is the part where you would say something instead of just staring blankly at the screen and, you
0: know, cutting your veins. I'll definitely have some news of uh, upcoming movies. Uh, what DC plans, Marvel's plans, uh, as far as their um, superhero movies go, and just movies in general. I, I
1: think that that's a good point. Um, now, before before I close out the show, I'd like to I'd like to have a I have a question for the uh, executive producer of uh, of Pure Gold. Now, Miss Kelly, who used to be our board up, what, what do you think about the show? I mean, we've, it's been uh, over eighteen months plus. Joe and I have done 100. Today is actually 117 episodes. Uh, give us your take on on uh, overall pure gold. Th- this is the part where you say something, ma'am. I, the, you're you're live and on the air. I
2: think it's awesome. I think um, the listens say it all. That's How many listens out. have you
1: had? Well, our, our last two episodes combined, we have about 1,700 listens, which is uh, by, far and away the best that we've done. And, you know, in, in the course of the show, considering most of our listens are, are archived after the fact, I mean, when I saw that 1,000 numbers, uh, you know, the 1,000 for the last show, that really blew me away. That's Pure Gold. Yes, that absolutely is. That is thats That's got to be the greatest interview in the history of Pure Gold with uh, with Kelly, the lovely Kelly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have, I have uh, the whole family here just, just joining me and, celebrating in the greatness of Pure Gold. Now, sir, is there anything you'd like to say before I hang up on you? Joe, you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to say before before I, I cut you off?
3: Yeah, oh. the fact that uh, for the second year in a row, Pure Gold goes out for Fantasy Phenom and doesn't make it through the first round tells you what a joke of a process the whole thing is. I just had to end on a rant because I, I just think that we did a pretty good job. I, didn't, I don't want to say we did a great job like we nailed it, but... Uh, the fact that we didn't get past the first round and some losers, like, um, you know, the people that were standing behind us get past to the second round is just a joke. Uh, Fantasy Phenom is a joke. They don't know what they're doing. It's a stand-up comedy routine. It's not it's not really an audition for a talk show, and I think we do a great job. We do a variety, and um, the fact
0: is that Pure Gold just gets more and more listens.
1: I agree with you on that, sir. I definitely think we did a good job. Hans, what about you, sir? Is there anything you'd like to do before we sign off?
0: Joe, you're a moron for liking Dark Knight rises. <laughs> I think to get
3: together. <laughs>
0: so, Joe, you still there? Go
1: see it again
3: yeah. I said do you wanna go do you guys wanna go together as a pure gold team to go see it again?
1: Uh, I don't know if Hans will be into it. I I think we should go see it again to see if maybe uh this time I <laughs> Oh, uh, Han said only if it's an IMAX. And, you know, I've never seen an IMAX film, so... No, I
0: think we
1: should wait until it comes out on DVD. <laughs> uh, Kelly, th- Kelly thinks uh, there should be a waiting period uh, when it comes out on DVD, but uh, the IMAX thing would actually be kind of interesting, sir. Yeah,
3: but, yeah, uh, Kelly IMAX. says a
1: cooling off period. What was that, Joe? No, I,
3: I mean, I agree with you. If I'm going to go see it, I'm going to see it again at IMAX.
1: No, definitely. I've never, I've never actually seen an IMAX film, but I'd like to do that. But uh, Joe, thank you so much for. I feel weird telling you this, but thank you, you know, for joining me. Um, I got to thank Hans, of course, for coming live and in studio, helping us out here. Did a great job. Got to thank Anna for, you know, all that she did and uh, the uh, the insight that she was. <laughs> Joe, Joe hangs up. I, he wasn't supposed to hang up, but that's something that Joe always does. Uh, again, thanks to Anna who who helped us out this afternoon and she gave her take and her insight and everything. It was great to have uh, everybody on the air, of course. Thanks to Kelly for joining us. Kelly the boardop, aka my wife, aka my baby mama. Thank you so much to her, aka the boss as she likes to say, and if I say otherwise she'll she you know, it'll be a spousal abuse. But folks, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you tune in next week. Keep we'll keep you posted on puregoldpg.com. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Twitter, all that other goodness. Once, my, once again, the number seven one four three six four four seven two one. 714-364-4721. Check us out. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it G. Uh,
3: what's the name of your shop? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold.
1: And just gotta throw a shout out to Road Dog and Billy Gunn, who are both guests on this show. They were on the 1,000 throw. We'll probably talk about that next week. To throw it out there, folks, tune in next week. Pure Gold signing off. Woo! Two five seven.